0: Section twenty six of Guy Mannering. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Guy Mannering, or the Astrologer, by Sir Walter Scott. Volume one, chapter twenty three gallows and knock are too powerful on the highway winter's tale the hint of the hospitable farmer was not lost on brown but while he paid his reckoning he could not avoid repeatedly fixing his eyes on meg merrilies she was in all respects the same witch-like figure as when we first introduced her at ellangowan place time had grizzled her raven locks and added wrinkles to her wild features but her height remained erect and her activity was unimpaired it was remarked of this woman as of others of the same description that a life of action though not of labor gave her the perfect command of her limbs and figure so that the attitudes into which she most naturally threw herself were free unconstrained and picturesque at present she stood by the window of the cottage her person drawn up so as to show to full advantage her masculine stature and her head somewhat thrown back that the large bonnet with which her face was shrouded might not interrupt her steady gaze at brown at every gesture he made and every tone he uttered she seemed to give an almost imperceptible start on his part he was surprised to find that he could not look upon this singular figure without some emotion have i dreamed of such a figure he said to himself or does this wild and singular-looking woman recall to my recollection some of the strange figures I have seen in our Indian pagodas? While he embarrassed himself with these discussions, and the hostess was engaged in rummaging out silver in change of half a guinea, the gypsy suddenly made two strides and seized Brown's hand. He expected, of course, a display of her skill in palmistry but she seemed agitated by other feelings tell me she said tell me in the name of god young man what is your name and whence you came my name is brown mother and i come from the east indies from the east indies dropping his hand with a sigh it cannot be then i am such an old fool that everything i look on seems the thing i want most to see but the east indies that cannot be well be what ye will ye have a face and a tongue that puts me in mind of old times good day make haste on your road and if ye see any of our folk meddle not and make not and they'll do you no harm brown who had by this time received his change put a shilling into her hand, bade his hostess farewell, and, taking the route which the farmer had gone before, walked briskly on, with the advantage of being guided by the fresh hoof-prints of his horse. Meg Merrilies looked after him for some time, and then muttered to herself, "'I mon see that lad again, and I mon gang back to Ellangowan too. The laird's dead. a well!' Death pays a scores. He was a kind man once. The sheriffs flitted, and I can keep canny in the bush, so there's no muckle hazard a scouring the crampering. I would like to see Bonnie Ellangowan again, or I die. Brown, meanwhile, proceeded northward at a round pace along the moorish tract called the Waste of Cumberland he passed a solitary house towards which the horseman who preceded him had apparently turned up for his horse's tread was evident in that direction a little farther he seemed to have returned again into the road mr dinmont had probably made a visit there either of business or pleasure i wish thought brown the good farmer had stayed till i came up i should not have been sorry to ask him a few questions about the road which seems to grow wilder and wilder in truth nature as if she had designed this tract of country to be the barrier between two hostile nations has stamped upon it a character of wildness and desolation the hills are neither high nor rocky but the land is all heath and morass the huts poor and mean and at a great distance from each other immediately around them there is generally some little attempt at cultivation but a half-bred foal or two straggling about with shackles on their hind legs to save the trouble of enclosures intimate the farmer's chief resource be the breeding of horses. The people, too, are of a ruder and more inhospitable class than are elsewhere to be found in Cumberland, arising partly from their own habits, partly from their intermixture with vagrants and criminals, who make this wild country a refuge from justice. So much were the men of these districts, in early times, the objects of suspicion and dislike to their more polished neighbors, that there was, and perhaps still exists, a by-law of the Corporation of Newcastle prohibiting any freeman of that city to take for apprentice a native of certain of these dales. It is pithily said, Give a dog an ill name and hang him, and it may be added, If you give a man or race of men an ill name they are very likely to do something that deserves hanging of this brown had heard something and suspected more from the discourse between the landlady dinmont and the gipsy but he was naturally of a fearless disposition had nothing about him that could tempt the spoiler and trusted to get through the waste with daylight in this last particular however he was likely to be disappointed the way proved longer than he had anticipated and the horizon began to grow gloomy just as he entered upon an extensive morass choosing his steps with care and deliberation the young officer proceeded along a path that sometimes sunk between two broken black banks of moss earth and sometimes crossed narrow but deep ravines filled with a consistence between mud and water and sometimes along heaps of gravel and stones which had been swept together when some torrent or waterspout from the neighboring hills overflowed the marshy ground below he began to ponder how a horseman could make his way through such broken ground the traces of hoofs however were still visible he even thought He heard their sound at some distance, and, convinced that Mr. Dinmont's progress through the morass must be still slower than his own, he resolved to push on, in hopes to overtake him and have the benefit of his knowledge of the country. At this moment his little terrier sprung forward, barking most furiously. Brown quickened his pace, and attaining the summit of a small rising ground saw the subject of the dog's alarm. In a hollow about a gunshot below him a man whom he easily recognized to be Dinmont was engaged with two others in a desperate struggle. He was dismounted, and defending himself as best he could with the butt of his heavy whip. Our traveller hastened on to his assistance, but ere he could get up a stroke had leveled the farmer with the earth and one of the robbers improving his victory struck him some merciless blows on the head the other villain hastening to meet brown called to his companion to come along for that one's content meaning probably past resistance or complaint one ruffian was armed with a cutlass the other with a bludgeon but as the road was pretty narrow bar firearms thought brown and i may manage them well enough they met accordingly with the most murderous threats on the part of the ruffians they soon found however that their new opponent was equally stout and resolute and after exchanging two or three blows one of them told him to follow his nose over the heath in the devil's name for they had nothing to say to him brown rejected this composition as leaving to their mercy the unfortunate man whom they were about to pillage if not to murder outright and the skirmish had just recommenced when dinmont unexpectedly recovered his senses his feet and his weapon and hastened to the scene of action as he had been no easy antagonist even when surprised and alone the villains did not choose to wait his joining forces with a man who had singly proved a match for them both but fled across the bog as fast as their feet could carry them pursued by wasp who had acted gloriously during the skirmish annoying the heels of the enemy and repeatedly effecting a moment's diversion in his master's favour deal but your dog's will entered with the vermin now sir were the first words uttered by the jolly farmer as he came up his head streaming with blood and recognized his deliverer and his little attendant i hope sir you are not hurt dangerously oh dill a bit my head can stand a gay clar nay thanks to them though and many to you but now hinny ye maun help me to catch the beast and ye maun get on behind me for we maun off like widrets before the whole clanjamfri be down upon us the rest of them will be no far off the galloway was by good fortune easily caught and brown made some apology for overloading the animal deal of fear man answered the proprietor dumple could carry six folk if his back was long enough but god's sake haste ye get on for i see some folk comin through the slack yonder that it may be just as well no to wait for brown was of opinion that this apparition of five or six men with whom the other villains seemed to join company coming across the moss towards them should abridge ceremony he therefore mounted dumple and croup and the little spirited nag cantered away with two men of great size and strength as if they had been children of six years old the rider to whom the paths of these wilds seemed intimately known pushed on at a rapid pace managing with much dexterity to choose the safest route in which he was aided by the sagacity of the galloway who never failed to take the difficult passes exactly at the particular spot and in the special manner by which they could be most safely crossed yet even with these advantages the road was so broken and they were so often thrown out of the direct course by various impediments that they did not gain much on their pursuers never mind said the undaunted scotchman to his companion if we were once by withershon's latch the road's no near so soft and we'll show them fair play for it they soon came to the place he named a narrow channel through which soaked rather than flowed a small stagnant stream mantled over with bright green mosses dinmont directed his steed towards a pass where the water appeared to flow with more freedom over a harder bottom but dumple backed from the proposed crossing-place put his head down as if to reconnoitre the swamp more nearly, stretching forward his forefeet, and stood as fast as if he had been cut out of stone. Had we not better, said Brown, dismount and leave him to his fate, or can you not urge him through the swamp? Na, na, said his pilot, we maun cross Dumple at no rate, he has more sense than many a Christian so saying he relaxed the reins and shook them loosely come now lad take your own way of it let's see where you'll take us through dumple left to the freedom of his own will trotted briskly to another part of the latch less promising as brown thought in appearance but which the animal's sagacity or experience recommended as the safer of the two and where plunging in he attained the other side with little difficulty i'm glad we're out of that moss said dinmont where there's more stables for horses than change-houses for men we have the maiden way to help us now at any rate accordingly they speedily gained a sort of rugged causeway so called being the remains of an old roman road which traverses those wild regions in a due northerly direction here they got on at the rate of nine or ten miles an hour, Dumple seeking no other respite than what arose from changing his pace from canter to trot. "'I could gar him show more action,' said his master, "'but we are two long-legged chills after all, and it would be a pity to stress Dumple. There wasn't the like o him at Stenshi Bank Fair the day.' Brown readily assented to the propriety of sparing the horse and added that as they were now far out of the reach of the rogues he thought mr dinmont had better tie a handkerchief round his head for fear of the cold frosty air aggravating the wound what would i do that for answered the hardy farmer the best ways to let the blood barken upon the cut that saves plasters henny Brown, who in his military profession had seen a great many hard blows pass, could not help remarking he had never known such severe strokes received with so much apparent indifference. How tout, man, I would never be making a humdudgeon about a scart on the pow. But we'll be in Scotland in five minutes now, and ye mon gang up to Charles Hope with me. That's a clear case. Brown readily accepted the offered hospitality. Night was now falling when they came in sight of a pretty river winding its way through a pastoral country. The hills were greener and more abrupt than those which Brown had lately passed, sinking their grassy sides at once upon the river. They had no pretensions to magnificence of height or to romantic shapes nor did their smooth swelling slopes exhibit either rocks or woods yet the view was wild solitary and pleasingly rural no enclosures no roads almost no tillage it seemed a land which a patriarch would have chosen to feed his flocks and herds The remains of here and there a dismantled and ruined tower showed that it had once harboured beings of a very different description from its present inhabitants those freebooters namely to whose exploits the wars between england and scotland bear witness descending by a path towards a well-known ford dumple crossed the small river and then quickening his pace trotted about a mile briskly up its banks and approached two or three low thatched houses placed with their angles to each other with a great contempt of regularity this was the farmsteading of Charlie's hope or in the language of the country the town a most furious barking was set up at their approach by the whole three generations of mustard and pepper, and a number of allies, names unknown. The farmer made his well-known voice lustily heard, to restore order. The door opened, and a half-dressed ewe milker who had done that good office, shut it in their faces, in order that she might run, bend the house, to cry, Mistress, mistress, it's the master, and another man with him dumple turned loose walked to his own stable-door and there pawed and whinnied for admission in strains which were answered by his acquaintances from the interior amid this bustle brown was fain to secure wasp from the other dogs who with ardour corresponding more to their own names than to the hospitable temper of their owner were much disposed to use the intruder roughly in about a minute a stout labourer was patting dumple and introducing him into the stable while mrs dinmont a well-favoured buxom dame welcomed her husband with unfeigned rapture "Eh, hey, sirs good man ye have been a weary while away End of volume one, chapter twenty three